Live from Southern California. It's the Slightly Serious Show. The Slightly Serious Show. The furthest thing from serious. And now, here is your host, Slightly, along with co-host Eric from Georgia. Don't worry, you can stop clapping because your asses are going back to work tomorrow. <laughs> Anyways, hopefully everyone's having an enjoyable extra day off uh, this Memorial Day weekend. And uh, gosh, I've been very busy over the past couple of days. I've been very active on the Twitter Twitter. A lot of things going down that are really upsetting me. And, uh, you know, one of the things today, I, I got to thinking, you know, today is Memorial Day, Memorial Day and uh, it's a, a perfect opportunity for us to kind of sit back and think about how many brave men and women of our country have basically, uh, you know, the ultimate sacrifice uh, for continuing to fight for the freedoms and the liberties for you and myself and everyone, every other wonderful citizen of this country. And, you know, I, I notice how sometimes there's people out there that say happy Memorial day weekend or happy Memorial day. And I, and I understand that there's no, you know, nobody ever is ever trying to say it's a, a great happy day and all that, you know, they're more, you know, a lot of people are just excited that they get the day off, but it, it's one of those things to where I was thinking whether or not to do a show tonight. You know, it's a holiday, of course. I, you know, I should take the day off like most Americans. But I got to thinking about it. It's like, well, what more than perfect idea to do a show and continually honoring those who have fallen to give you and I those liberties and freedoms, especially when we're in the middle of we're in the middle of the age to where our government is trying to take them away every single day. And someone's got to continue starting, you know, standing up and fighting against this shit because I don't know about you, but it gets very frustrating. It's like beating our head against the wall every single day. It's like you wake up and you're like, God, what are we up against next? But anyways, on a much lighter note, I hope you guys have had a fantastic weekend. I know uh, it's been a very relaxing weekend. I got the first really great night's sleep last night. And uh, I'm not going to tell you where I bought the from the bed from or anything like that, because I will never tell anybody to go shop where I shopped. <laughs> but anyways, uh, producer Eric, how the hell are you? How was your Labor Day, uh, excuse me, Memorial Day weekend? My, my Memorial Day weekend was good this year, even though I stayed home for most of it. Um, but I know today was just, you know, finishing this evening, cutting the rest of the backyard. And I'm probably going to get to the front yard a little bit later in the week. Um, oh, I thought you, you were going to um, <laughs> I think other than that, I, I cooked cook dinner. You know, it was just not not like a, like a big serving, but just, just enough for me to eat. I still got a little bit more left in the microwave. You didn't you didn't make any uh, anything for the roomies? <laughs> well, I think um, the Paul Paul who lives next door. Um, you know, yeah, I mean he, you know, he's a grown adult who, you know, who works at like a um, assisted living center, like in the kitchen. Um, um, if 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 he's fortunate enough to bring leftovers home, I imagine he eats on those and then 
and I've got some downstairs housemates. Um, you know, I, I think they cook their own food too. Yeah, I, I was thinking you were going that direction. He's a grown ass adult; he can cook for his own damn self. <laughs> Anyways, right? And I have well, another another housemate. He's a real picky eater, of course. Did anybody barbecue over the weekend? BP, Forgotten Tunes, uh, Miss Torch, anybody out there barbecuing, uh, having a little picnic, uh, having any neighbors, friends come on over? Uh, you know, it's here in San Diego, it's uh, been overcast. It's been like overcast until like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. And then at which point, you know, it's almost time to wrap up the day. But uh, it's been slightly chilly uh, recently. BP said he went and did a barbecue at a friend's house. Well, that's good. I'm glad you. I, I don't know what we're having for dinner tonight. Uh, the Big Saxy, he's over at the, the local grocer store uh, picking up odds and ends. Uh, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always a treat to find out what's going to be served on the show. But anyways, I have a few different things uh, to go over. I don't even know. If, you know, I tweeted so much over the week, and I have no idea what I tweeted, to be honest with you. I know uh, Joe Biden made some uh, obscene comments towards a, I don't know, what looked to be like a six-year-old child and uh, saying how, you know, she sat there with her legs closed, uh, looking like a 19-year-old. But uh, you, if you want to see any of the comments and all that, make sure you check out our Twitter over at Slightly Serious. Uh, you can see all the uh, tweets that I did. I did quite a few over the weekend. But I did want to uh, start off uh, on a couple stories. So. There's, uh, I don't know which one to get to first. We'll go, uh, oh, the hell with it. I'm going to go with the one that I, I found last night because it really, I don't know. Uh, there's a gentleman that is up in Stockton, California. Is He goes by the name of Ben Nakamura. He's a principal at Stag High School up in Stockton. And he had finished completing his one-year term which, you know, it wasn't supposed to be just one year, but he had worked at this school for about a year. And then, unbeknownst to him, the school board went ahead and voted to kick his ass out of the district and basically fire him as the principal of the school by a vote of three to four. Now, Nakamura had gotten word about this, and like I said, uh, he had uh, graduations to go to. There was better, I guess, apparently nowadays in school, there's so many kids, they, they kind of space them out. So there's like three scheduled graduations all in one day. And um, I, I did some background on Ben, uh, try to uh, see what he's all about, what his, you know, the students there uh, f- felt about him, uh, what the, you know, the temperature in the room is with the parents and stuff like that. And he seems like a very well-liked person, uh, an educator that kind of i don't i wouldn't say assimilates but you know it's one of those things to where the students could uh you know they could what's the word i'm looking for uh identify with him but i i got some audio and it is a little bit long so i do want to uh let you know about that but i want to play some audio for you and basically it's his commencement speech uh basically for his high school students And I want to go ahead and play this for you guys. And then we'll come back. We'll talk about it. And uh, we'll see. We'll go from there. Um, Keep in mind, um, well, well, I'll just let you listen to it. And, uh, you know, I would love to hear some feedback and all of that. 
and I'm going to make sure that we have all of the audio set up for us. That way we don't, uh, it doesn't screw up like it always seems to do. So this is uh, the principal speaking at a high school, and uh, we'll see. And I think we will be set. One singular purpose, to celebrate this moment with you. The moment when you cross this stage, receive your diplomas and are recognized as high school graduates. You represent Stockton 209. Sad pride inside all day, every day. You represent the Delta Kings and Queens. Your royalty. Your royalty. Remember that. Since many of us did not have an opportunity to meet in person, and I was only here with you one short year during this global pandemic, I'm just going to go in right now. I have your permission, seniors. I'm going to speak to you from the heart. Is that all right with you? All right. I'm not even going to get close to talking to you as a principal right now. I'm going to speak from my heart as a truth teller and a freedom fighter. I'm going to tell you why I came here. Why I moved up from Southern California, having been very successful as a high school principal, recognized as state principal of the year. Why would I come up here? Stockton. I'm not trying to brag. Why did I leave? Why did I came here after I saw a giant brawl outside of our school last year on the news. I'm not going to lie. I came here because I've seen students whose background I might be able to identify with that might need some guidance. Not that you're bad in any way, but you needed a mentor, a leader, someone in this position of influence that would see you and not judge you, but love teach, serve, and uplift in that struggle with you and say that we got this. There's a way out. It might be hard. The cards might be stacked against. The odds might not be in your favor. People in power might not have any respect for you, but we got this. We can rise. We can overcome. Since we get our education, not simply to serve ourselves, but to leave a legacy, my goal is not simply to have a title before my name, make a bunch of money, get a lot of power. Now, nah, anybody can do that. A sellout, a snitch, a wannabe can do that. That's what this whole system is designed to try and make you successful at the cost of selling out your family, selling out your community, and even yourself. No, it's not about success. It's about significance. Successful people will do whatever it takes to stomp on top of others and pull them down to climb their way to the top. Where I come from, those people don't deserve any respect. Significance, not success. That's few and far between. And that's what I call you to today. Be significant. Give back to your community. Really represent your family, that struggle, that grind, the disrespect and racism that you and your people have always faced because of the color of your skin, because your parents might not be documented, because you come from a certain kind of neighborhood in a certain apartment complex from a certain kind of area. That's right. Represent. And the way that we represent by giving back, coming back, fight for this community, fight for your people, fight for justice and against injustice.
no matter the cost. Go down in history as a real one, not a sellout. Leave a legacy for those who paved the way for you, your ancestors, for those whose lands were stolen from them, who were forced against their will to come here in boats, chained, treated in like animals, enslaved, for your own families that fled wars, their own homelands, those who work in the fields, who hustle hard, working at the flea market, the pool guy, wherever, your families who got to work at jack-in-the-box and grocery stores. That's what you're called to do. That's why I came here. And why I only lasted one year. While I was kicked out for one reason, that I truly love you and this community. I was kicked out. The Board of Trustees this past Tuesday voted three to four to remove me as your principal and not listen to the community, nor the students, nor the family, nor the staff of Stag High School. But guess what? Stag has changed. Staff is inspired. We bring hope and vision of what we can Ooh. become. You're that class, class of 2021. I came here to serve you, to love you, to be in the mix and the grind with you, willing to die, do home visits. I've seen people, to be honest, I was doing a home visit down on the countryside, and I saw a gentleman pulling a gun right in, right in his pocket right there. I'm like, should, should I do this home visit? Of course. I love you. But when you come from the mud, you know what I'm saying? When, you, when your mom overdosed from heroin, dad's got multiple felonies on his record. When you've been beaten as a teenager, abused physically and in other ways. There's nothing you can't overcome. Dedicate your life to your family. Some of you may have already lost parents and family. Everything I do, I do for my mom. That gives me strength. She died, like I said, from that overdose when I was 12. Not here to see. She gives me a level of love and empathy and courage that others Right now, I'm going to do this. I'm going to preach to you. No show, no fronting. I just want to show you where I come from and the power that I draw from. Because I know that you have that inside of you. Mom, I love you. I always tell you that. I dedicate this work and service to you. I know you weren't here to see me become the man that I am. But I promise that I will serve and love you. Right here. Delta kings and queens, you feel that? Feel that energy and spirit? That's a fire. That fire comes from within. You got that strength. You got that fire. Tap into it. Use every struggle as more fuel for that fire inside of you. That's the fire that you've got. So graduating seniors, be bold. Be strong. Take these lessons. Get every degree you can get. Work hard. Be disciplined. Wake up early. Read some books. Go on runs. Eat healthy. Get every degree possibly can start speaking to the youth talk to your little brothers and sisters talk to your cousins your nieces and nephews tell them focus on school tutor them you know what i'm talking about serve serve and lead by example don't be a wimp don't be a buster don't be a sellout be strong young men and women of courage valor rep for your neighborhood where you come from there's a big bigger world out there dream big dream big i'm honored to say i'm graduating with you today if i could come back i would do it the exact same way for one year, one opportunity to serve you and to show you how much you are loved. And why are you loved so much? Because you're valuable. You've got value that people don't understand. We paved the way for the future Delta royalty. We show them that we can overcome anything. We set the bar. We are the bar. Graduating class, cross the finish line in 2021. 
2021 during a global pandemic, you're a historic class. Remember that. Go forward and represent with significance. Delta Kings and Queens, stag pride inside all day, every day. I love you. That was uh, Ben Nakamura. Uh, basically, like I said, uh, preface this, uh, the principal uh, that has out, been ousted over in Stockton, California. And, you know, I, like I said, you, you all know how I am. I not necessarily agree with everything that he has to say, but damn it. I have to say one thing and that he speaks from the heart and he's very inspirational for those kids. I uh, watched some other videos of him uh, as far as, you know, he uh, would do some videos for the faculty uh, on YouTube and stuff like that, kind of go over and, in, and encourage uh, his teachers and stuff like that. The guy is passionate uh, for the reasons that, that the school board wants to get rid of him. Those are unknown. Uh, we've reached out to him. We're hoping to have him on our show. Um, but like I said, it's it's very unfortunate, especially in the society that we live in today, to have someone that seems so passionate and so caring about his students and his faculty, um, like I said, there's there's students, there's parents that are outraged that he's no longer going to be there. So that occurred after you know during the first graduation ceremony. Once he was finished with that speech, he was escorted out and uh, basically told to refrain from ever coming back on campus and uh, told to give his keys over. Uh, that he would not be returning for the second and third graduation ceremonies of the day. And uh, it's it's sad. And like I said, especially with how our kids are growing up in today's society, I don't agree everything, with everything he has to say as far as, you know, using the poor me, the poor this. But at the same time, I have to say I understand that I think in order for today's kids to see the light of day or to have some type of inspiration. I think it, it definitely is important that they have someone there that they can, you know, kind of look at as a mentor, uh, someone that they can, you know, feel like, Hey, he's one of us. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I saw that story and uh, I definitely wanted to get out there. Because I, I think it, I just think it's wrong without knowing the reasons as far as why uh, he's been his duties have been taken away from him as principal. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out what the school board has to say. I did send an email out to them asking why the, uh, the board felt uh, it was needed for his removal. I have not heard back from them. Uh, I doubt we'll hear anything, but uh, we'll keep you updated if we do. But uh, Eric, what did, what did you think about that? Did you uh, get a chance to listen into that? Well, the speech sounded really good, I must say. Um, but it just seems like you know, you know, like the like the the education system in this country. It's like that they want to. I guess what they're probably what this school board has in mind is put putting in a, you know, like a principal who um d- does not not believe. And you know, and ba- basically wants want, wants wants to continue that culture of our education, you know, going down the sh- going down the shitter, of course. Yeah, no, and that's the that's the thing that strikes me though is that especially here in California, 
Uh, I want to say, you know, I think he might be uh, he, Japanese. So, you know, it's, and someone that relates to their student body to, I mean, I wish I had a cool ass principal like this guy. Uh, I don't know. He's got to be in his mid to late thirties or something like that. He's pretty young to be a principal in my opinion, but um, damn, uh, it's a damn shame that uh, that's occurred to him. And uh, I find it very weird that something like this would happen in California because, I mean, after all, we, we know they love the liberals, and he, he seems pretty liberal. Um, I, I don't know. I, uh, it's very well, weird. Anyways, well, consi considering he, you know, he spoke some truth and common sense right there, it's like, it's like they just decided to say, you know, and basically label him as that T-word, traitor. Because, yeah. um, because like, you know, m like minorities and, you know, and people of, of a certain sexual orientation or of, or of like a particular gender or, or whatever kind of background you come from, um, you know, you know, you're, you're married to, um, a, you know, a guy who is of, of a Asian descent. Um, and, and I'm sure you and him have friends who are of Asian and Hispanic descent, as well as black and white friends you know, who have like conservative ideals, but, but in the case of minorities, it's almost like, um, you're, you're a traitor if you start speaking common sense or displaying like conservative ideals or, or, or dare to be a Trump supporter. Well, yeah. And it's kind of like that, you know, you're, you're because in, in their, in their view, like a minority or an LGBTQ, you know, being conservative leaning in, and I think, and our friends over at the Free Think Institute are living proof of that, that it's almost like they get lectured like it's just not proper. Oh, yeah. It's like you, you, you're like the devil. I mean, you're, 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 uh, you're gay and you're, you're conservative. What? Who the hell are you? But yeah, of, of course. And, you know, maybe uh, it's kind of the same trigger uh, the, up there in Stockton that uh, he's experienced. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, we've uh, we've sent uh, a, a few messages out to him personally, and also uh, what appears to be people that are trying to help him get uh, reinstated up there in Stockton. So we'll see if uh, we're able to get uh, get him on. It would be uh, really great to try to get some perspective on why he thinks they're doing this to him. And uh, but we'll keep you updated if we uh, hear anything back. Um. So we'll switch to a lighter, a lighter subject, a lighter subject here. Um, in California, in, staying in California, because we all know uh, since I live here, and all the crazy ass things going on. There's a cafe that uh, is here in California, and uh, they put up a sign. <laughs> it's not the sign you would think here in California, but the sign basically says that it's going to charge patrons five dollars to their tab if they wear a mask inside their facility. <laughs> I think that's great. Uh, obviously, there's, uh, apparently they're conservative. Uh, in addition to that, if they are caught bragging about receiving the vaccine, there will also be an additional charge on their bill. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think it's great. There's the sign right there. It says $5 fee added to orders placed while wearing a face mask. And then in small print, an additional five dollars will be will be uh, what does it say? I can't read it so small. Will be added if you are caught bragging about your vaccine. Proceeds will be donated to local charities, 
assisting domestic abuse victims. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like giving them a short round of applause for that. Yeah, at least they're putting the money to good use, you know. That's, but I, I thought that was good. But anyways, I guess we'll go to this next. So I don't know if you've heard over the weekend, but uh, you know Patrice Cullors? You know, she's one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we kind of started reporting about how she's buying up millions of dollars worth of properties all across the United States. Well, apparently her work for Black Lives Matter is done. She's sought out and achieved her goal, and uh, she's raised enough millions of dollars to benefit herself to where, you know, apparently for her, the only black life that mattered is her own. Because she's stepping down. She's done. Uh, and a lot of people out there are saying that this has to do with, you know, like I said, it coming to, uh, to light that she's got all these properties and she's not doing a damn thing to help out the black community. So you have that. And then uh, we also have a report from Fox News. And basically it's headline reads, black mothers of police shooting victims accuse BLM of profiting from their loved ones. And the story goes, some mothers of black sons and daughters killed by police officers are criticizing Black Lives Matter National Organization and mid-controversy over co-founder Patrice Cullors' lavish lifestyle. It's all a fa facade, Samira Rice, the mother of 12-year-old Tamir Rice, who was killed by a white police officer in Cleveland 2014. Rice said she requested Cullors' help in relaunching a federal investigation to her son's death. But short of exchanging a few emails, her please never garnered FaceTime with Black Lives Matter executive director. Now you think, you know, you have an organization that's trying to represent a community because bad things are happening to that community, but something as tragic as this, you're going to exchange a couple emails and life goes on, right? I guess it's more important to reach out to that real estate agent to see how that, uh, that deal you're trying to buy that property is going. Anyways, quote, they are benefiting off the blood of our loved ones, and they won't even talk to us, Rice said. Colors announced her departure after a five-year reign earlier this week following reports that she had purchased four homes for $3.2 million. Hawk Newsom, the, the head of Black Lives Matter Greater New York City, a separate group, called for an independent investigation into the national organization's finances. Colors said that her decision to step down was not tied to the controversy, but to instead focus on her second book. And they television deal with Warner Brothers. So, you know, it has nothing to do, nothing to do with, you know, her multi-million dollars in properties. It has everything to do with making, making that moolah. Come out with another book. Get another deal with Warner Brothers. The American dream, folks. Yep. <laughs> Maybe she just needs to write a a book for uh, Black Lives Matter community on how to scam millions of people and uh, just move on with your life. I don't know. And uh, the article continues on. Now she doesn't have to show her accountability. That's what Lisa Simpson, the mother of an eight of 18 year old Richard Risher, who was fatally shot in 2016 in Los Angeles, told the post she can just take the money and run. The mothers, for the, the mothers further accused the organization of profiting off their, quote, dead loved ones. In a March statement, Rice and Simpson condemned the Black Lives Matter movement for, quote, monopolizing and capitalizing our fight for justice. 
We never hired them to be the representatives in the fight for justice in the fight for justice for our loved ones murdered by police. And I don't know. The uh, the mother of Brianna Taylor, Kentucky black woman shot and killed by police during a raid on her home, said the group's national standing has yet to help her following her daughter's death. So, like I've been reporting to everybody, and I'll continue to say it, you can still, I'm sure, I haven't done this in a few months, but go over to the Black Lives Matter website. Check out what they've done. What have they done to help out the black folks in our country? You'll find pretty much nothing Maybe 1%. So, anywho, uh, I don't know what you guys think about that. I don't think it should be a surprise to anybody, uh, but there you have it. She's uh, going to be retired mm-hmm. from her book deal and, you know, go make some money for Warner Brothers. I don't know. Uh, right. You know, maybe, she, maybe she'll uh, come up with a new, uh, I don't know. What do you think her television show would be? Um, I, I don't know what the title of it would be, but it would sound like she she couldn't really have, like, a talk talk show, but I don't. But I think it'd probably just be canceled after one season. Um, I mean, I couldn't see it being like a scripted show of any kind, you know. But based on her line, well, who knows? Maybe she can go work for Nike afterwards. <laughs> or, or I, or I wonder if she. Uh, I wonder if she's thinking about maybe getting Ellen's job since, since ne- next year will be Ellen's nineteenth and final season. Yeah, that that would be a doozy. Replace Ellen with uh, Patrice Colors. I know, right? <laughs> but Actually, I, it, what? there's a television show that hasn't been on for years, and she could re- mm-hmm. uh, she could replace Robin Leach. She can just be the next. Oh, uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous! I remember that like it was only yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'd already put that down in the chat. Look, that slightly. Oh, yeah, there. You- <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> Welcome to the show, Bert. How Thank are you? you? Very much. Doing good. How's everybody doing? We're doing pretty good. Um, if yeah, when I hear um, neighbors firing off firecrackers and fireworks. Are you sure? I, oh, I hope that's what it is. I hope you're not in harm's way. Oh, no. I'm, I'm in the house in my room. Um, but in case anybody is just joining us um, during the, the early part of the, this first half hour, we you know, chronicled a story about a Stockton, California principal who was you know, recently fired from his job and escorted out of a graduation ceremony and ordered not to come back. And, and I presume that they, 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 they probably told him if he came back that they would have him arrested for criminal trespassing. Yeah, I believe so. It wasn't. Really- and, um, and we're actively reaching out to him, you know, and people close to him, maybe about them coming on for an interview. And we're going to talk a little bit more about a, a petition a little bit later in the show. And, um, and thank you for joining Pert. And um, we'll be getting to the jingle break in just a moment. Yeah, we will. It, it is a perfect time for a uh, little bit of a jingle. And uh, so we'll take our first break of the night. And uh, you're listening to the Slightly Serious Show on Memorial Day. You've been listening to the Slightly Serious Podcast. If you haven't laughed, been offended, or engaged, then turn up the damn volume. Be sure to follow and catch us weeknights at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Now, Bert, I wasn't sh- I'm not sure if you were, uh, you were listening uh, to the first story that we did about the principal and all that. If you, if you weren't, I'll uh, go ahead and forward uh, the audio uh, to that. Uh, yeah, forward it if you would. To his uh, graduation speech and stuff like that. Uh, like I was telling your audience, uh, as far as from a political standpoint, uh, him and I would probably disagree on many things, many issues. But at the end of the day, uh, he's an inspirational guy. 
Uh, I think he's good for the students, uh, especially there in Stockton, California. And uh, basically, the school board district has voted him out three to four. And uh, to make a long story short, he uh, his entire speech at this graduation was about, you know, kids speak, standing up, speaking the truth, continuing to do, you know, to go on and do their thing and not let, you know, people hold them back uh, and basically let them know what had happened to him. But uh, well, I didn't know if he was the same that uh, I guess it was a teacher that got in trouble for saying a biological male could not have babies. I think that's a different story, but yeah, I did hear about that. Uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a teacher that uh, is out there saying that he refuses to talk about that due to religious reasons. So let's and, see. This is so. So he's in trouble by the left or the liberals or Democrats, but not all Democrats. So he's in trouble for saying that. But these are the same people that say follow the science. Yeah. Doesn't science uh-huh. dictate that a genetically Male, genetic male, cannot have babies? Well, that's why I was surprised, especially being here in California, because the guy is definitely a, you know, a left kind of guy, left uh, pendulum type guy. Uh, and, you know, the students can assimilate to him very well. They, I think that's the right word. Am I using the right word, Derek? Um, th- that, that would sound just about right. And But before we move on. We would like to thank over on the live hippie 605 for dropping three lemons and that great um, thumbs up art in the chat. If you've noticed it. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. We got lemons, lemon droppings, huh? (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) All right. I got to bring up the, uh, the D the D of the live over here on this other computer. So I'll get that up and going. Uh, welcome to the show, Jerry. It's good to see you. You had uh, some friends that were uh, looking about looking uh, for you earlier tonight, and uh, then we have Crazy Kane calling in. What's going on, Crazy? Nothing much. I'm calling to remind you and Eric to DM me a time so y'all can collect your video chat. Oh damn! I forgot. It's been a crazy ass weekend, Crazy. I we have to do a video chat. And I wanted to spare you because remember. I'm, I'm, Friday night, remember, Kane. I was telling everybody week the entire weekend I was going to be naked, so I wanted to spare you any psychological harm. <laughs> Speechless. I think it's the other way around, buddy. <laughs> because the other contestant got the video chat after a long, long fighting situation. With electronics. We finally got that wow. video chat out the way. Well, well, good. So you've, you've practiced up for us. That way we're not going to have any technical glitches, right? It all depends on Instagram. Otherwise, you're going to have to go to fascist book. You're going to have to friend me. And we're going to have to do a video chat that way. It's pick your poison, folks. <laughs> Damn. You mentioned, fa- mentioned um, fascist book and pod being like automatically boots. But anyways, I will definitely uh, reach out to you and we'll, it's sad. we'll get together on that. All right, I promise. I just had to drop um, in and y'all. All right, well, I appreciate you. <laughs> we'll get around to it at some point, Kang. All right. Well, thanks for the reminder. It expires Saturday. 
Okay, it'll be before then. I promise. Um, oh, yeah, we, we were talking about, you know. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a blessed evening. You too. Thanks for calling in, buddy. See ya. Yes, uh, go ahead, Eric. Well, I think um, when Jeremy showed up, um, and I know you'd mentioned that um, there was somebody in the Podbean chat earlier, I think a gentleman named Leo Destoli um, was questioning if, you know, if Cummings was quitting his show. But from as far as you and me and Pertwee and other friends can tell, um, that that would just appear to be a rumor at this time. You know, no, nothing yeah. is really confirmed. As Jeremy would say, um, nothing is certain. Yeah. Tomorrow is not even guaranteed. So, you know, you got Take it exactly. one day at a time, for God's sakes. Anyways, where were we? Um, I have a couple other stories. Um, we'll go with the uh, the, the uh, military story first. Uh, let me bring that up over here. And uh, hopefully everyone's uh, calming down for their festivities from the weekend and all that good stuff. And uh, the next story, uh, I think uh, this is one that uh, you brought to my attention, Pert. And uh, basically it has to do with Top military officials uh, basically wanting to evacuate Afghan interpreters, and uh, because yeah. you know we're getting we're bringing back all the military troops over from the Middle East. Uh, yet, after all these, after all these interpreters, have, you know, over eighteen thousand of them have been assisting the U.S. military in operations over there uh it seems as though our military is going to just uh leave them for the taliban to just go after and murder yep. and you know the uh story that uh, comes from fox news basically says that uh taliban fighters have taken over dozens of abandoned bases in recent days and uh, raises questions about the fate of eighteen thousand afghan interpreters and who have risked their life to help uh, the u.s government the U.S. military's top officer uh, is the one saying that. Uh, he says, there are plans being developed very, very rapidly here for not just interpreters, but a lot of other people that have worked with the United States. That's, uh, that was said by General Mark Millay, uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, we have a moral commitment to those who, had, who have helped us. But the White House, uh, after those comments were made, basically pushed back a little on that statement, saying, quote, I can tell you we have no plans for evacuations at this time. And that was said by the National Security Council spokesperson. Um, so it doesn't sound, you know, I, I don't, I mean, for God's sakes, we're giving hundreds of millions of dollars to immigrants that are here illegally. But you have people over there that are assisting government military operations, protecting their lives over there, and you can't fucking help them out? I, I, it, it makes no sense to me, to be honest with you. The State Department... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you support the government's decision in not evacuating those people, I'm sorry, but you're trash. I mean, this is, this is a situation that is dire. Those people, like the article says, one guy says, uh, the rules are going to be two years or longer service of being an interpreter. Taliban doesn't care if you interpreted for two years or two days. You're dead when they catch you, and your family is dead. And we promise them so much. Go ahead. Well, sir. I was just going to say that the State Department uh, runs the special immigrant visa program to relocate Afghan interpreters. Two years of faithful service are required, though. 
And uh, like you were saying, uh, James Mirvaldis, uh, an Army veteran who served two uh, tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, had basically said, the Taliban doesn't discriminate. If I, work, if I work for one or two years, they're going to kill me just for working with Americans. And, uh, you know, that, the Taliban doesn't give a shit. If, you, if you're linked in with any so which way with the United States, they're going to kill you. All those people that helped us will be dead within one year and their family. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like some sort of mafia ritual in, in, in that sense. Uh, the article uh, later goes on to say the defense de- Department of Defense has maybe two weeks before they don't just before they don't just don't. That makes no sense. They need to get a new editor over at Fox. <laughs> they don't just don't. Yeah, they have basically they have two weeks before they don't have any mount, enough manpower and equipment to basically relocate them. The Taliban's going to attack the prisons, free all of their prisoners, and then wreak havoc. You don't even need to have a crystal ball. All U.S. forces are expected to leave Afghanistan by early July. And um, Representative uh, Florida Mike Waltz said uh, they are, they're being hunted down right now as we speak. They are reaching out to me, these interpreters, in a panic. 20, uh, 20 uh, U.S. senators led by Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire and Joan, Joni Ernst of Iowa wrote to President Biden last week asking for more visas to be rapidly issued in order to bring thousands of interpreters home. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what, uh, and there's so much more in that article too, that you can get into earlier on. It says that the Taliban have now taken over the abandoned camps or forts Mm -hmm. barracks. Why the hell did we leave them? Why didn't we destroy them? Why did we leave them with a defense system? And the other thing is, tell me how many of those aliens that are illegally, cr- illegally crossing over have done something to contribute to the strength and security of the United States of America. As far as I know, not a one of them. But we're dropping our pants to help them. Okay, they're humans. But guess what? They've got a country. If they don't feel secure in it, they can move to a different area. Afghanistan, it's not like they can move across the street, move to a different county or whatever they call it over there or town. The Taliban will find them. And it's, it's just a matter of time. So the whole article bothered yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's very disturbing. And I, if there's anything that Biden is going to come out of his basement for, I really hope he takes action on this. Uh, because like you said, uh, you'll end up with 18,000 unfortunate souls who will no longer be living. And that's on America's head. Yeah, that's American. Uh, yeah, the, the blood will, will be on Biden's heads. And yep. not only that, but think about if this happens and it goes through and these folks are not relocated or brought, you know, quote unquote home. Next time you think you think mm-hmm. the United States uh, military is going to have anybody say, oh, yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you. Help. Well, we just did it to the Kurds. The Kurds helped us. We got what we wanted. And then we backed off and let Syria take. Right. Fortunately, fortunately the Kurds are well armed and fighting son of a guns. And they could hold their own. But, you know, they're like, hey, America, where, where are you going? Like, oh, no, we're out of here. We got what we wanted. And we've just done it throughout history. It's, but it's don't sad. you think that sad. eventually uh, these other countries are going to kind of like, yeah, fuck them? Absolutely. And it's going to bite us in their ass, of course, in our big time of need. And, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but we're going to kind of deserve it at that point. Yeah. No, I, uh, it's very disturbing. Uh, <laughs> 
I, I, it's beyond me that they would even allow that. Uh, without those interpreters, uh, we, our country would not be even remotely close to being successful as it was. And those interpreters, all 18,000 of them, are imperative, and they are people that we should be taking care of. They took care of us. Now it's time to return the favor. And, and how easy would it be for us to return a favor when for them to help us? It wasn't like just making us a dinner. I mean, it was putting their lives at risk and their entire family. That, that's what they risked here. It wasn't like they just helped us decipher or translate something. They were involved in war, helping what the Taliban considered the enemy. And it's a matter of life or death. for Well, them. You, you could almost put them out there as they, uh, they should be commended just like our soldiers over there. It's the same thing. Yep, exactly. And uh, they were deputized in a way. Yeah, pretty much. It, it would almost be like, and this would be an amazing thing to have happen. But, you know, for immigrants coming into our country, if you love our country so much, maybe it's time you go fight for it. But, you yep. know, that'll probably never happen in our lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say in our current administration. Well, definitely not in our current administration. <laughs> Um, yes. th thank you, Lady Me, for the love that you have shared with us. Oh, and thanks for that gold mic, by the way, Lady Me. And thanks to BP for dropping a diamond in the D Live chat. Lady Me, BP, thank you. All right. I'm, tell I'm telling you, with, with photos that I've seen over the weekend from Lady Mean, from not Lady Mean, Lady Me, I'm telling you, her luck. Just, I mean, if you want to make some money, just send her some cash and let her go to Las Vegas. You're in good. <laughs> yeah, um, Lady Me is one lucky that woman. She is. And, and, and <laughs> hopefully, she's having a good time in Vegas. Yeah, hopefully, uh, she's getting out of Dodge soon. And hopefully, she's not, uh, you know, the last couple of times she's uh, brought back uh, COVID with her. So, hopefully, this time is a different story. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, the last uh, thing that I have uh, basically is uh, basically Democrats in the Texas House of Representatives boycotted a legislative session late Sunday, blocking a vote on an election reform bill. Critics would say it would make it harder for blacks and Hispanics to vote. And I still try to wrap my hand, my my hand and my head around this. Um, to me, anytime. Anybody has said that it's going to make such and such people unable to vote or make it harder. Uh, it makes no sense to me. Uh, and I'm still waiting for someone to kind of like, I don't know, teach me a lesson or tell me how, how it could be. But anyways, the Texas House went into the recess until 10 o'clock on Monday morning. And basically the bill that's they're going to be voting for voting on, and it is expected to overwhelmingly pass anyways. But a couple of things, uh, drive-through voting would be eliminated. Uh, the bill would also limit early hours to vote, makes it more difficult to cast absentee ballots, and does away with drop boxes. Now, so far, like I said, unless someone sees something differently, I don't see where it quote unquote, makes it harder for blacks and Hispanics to vote. But if you see anything, let me know, please call in, let me know, put it in chat, whatever, you, whatever it is to get my attention. The bill would also forbid vo uh, voting 
on Sundays before one o'clock in the afternoon. And the reason uh, critics are saying critics called that a blatant strike on, quote, souls to polls effort at black churches. Uh, they say that many worshipers worshipers have traditionally traveled in caravans to polling sites to cast votes after morning services. Okay, but who's to say that they cannot go there before church? I mean, come on. Anyways. Also, the legislation would scrap 24-hour polling sites and ban mobile units or temporary structures from being used as polling places. Uh, like I said, how does that... Let me, let me go back and get the, the, the words. How does that, quote-unquote, make it harder for blacks and Hispanics to vote? Uh, election officials, uh, it also says that Texans who want to vote through the mail uh, and election officials would be barred from sending unsolicited mail-in ballots to applica- mail-in ballot applications to voters. So basically, in essence, it's saying if you want it to a mail-in ballot, an absentee ballot, you have to request one. They're not just going to be sending them out like candy. Again, everyone, I think, has the ability to request the ballot. Members of the uh, Texas Legislative Black Caucus and the state's NAACP civil rights organization said the bill harkened back to the Jim Crow era when laws were enacted to block blacks from voting and to maintain racial segregation in the U.S. South from the 19th century into the 1960s. It says, quote, this is a clear case of taking power and putting minorities in their place so they can never share power in Texas. I'm sorry, folks. I mean, you can read the entire article. Uh, hell, read the entire bill if you'd like. But to me, there's nothing that even remotely suggests this is Jim Crow 2.0. I mean, if you're going to believe that, I think there was a uh, a song, a country song, actually, uh, once written that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll sell you some oceanfront property in Arizona. Did you mention in there, too, I think in that article, they talked about how they were going to just throw away uh, mass mail-in ballots. Like if they receive 5,000 ballots or something, they just go to church. Well, actually, there was one other thing in there. Basically, it would make, it did not highlight it, but basically it would make uh, overturning an election a little bit easier. Um, And I will find that uh, really quickly here. Uh, I thought there was something about mass mail-in ballots too, because that like really shined in this last election where all of a sudden, oh, we just got 30,000 ballots in delivered, and we'll have to count them. Oh, here's another 50,000 Well, the paragraph it says uh, that I did not highlight. It said the bill would also make it easier for courts to overturn elections where fraud is alleged. Instead of requiring evidence that fraudulent votes directly resulted in a candidate's win, a court could overturn an election if the number of fraudulent votes is equal to the margin of victory, regardless of who, of who those fraudulent votes were cast for. Well, um, other than that, I did not see anything bad? about ballots on that. If you have 10,000 ba- bad votes and the guy that won won by 10,000, makes it sense, does. right? I mean, Grant, they could be for the loser, too. Right. But. That, that one, hmm. I mean, I could go, uh, I could, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, uh, hmm. But at way. the same time, like I said, even, even whether you like that ruling on that in that bill or not, that has nothing to do with basically limiting blacks and Hispanics to vote. 
uh, it, it's uh, one of those, I get what is it, uh, talking points that we so love to, to talk about uh, that mm-hmm. our government loves to use. Uh, you know, oh, it's going to affect this, it's going to affect that. Uh, you, you might not like some of the verbiage that's in the bill, but be honest what you don't like about it. Don't just throw out the fucking race card on anything and everything. I mean, your race card that you're trying to utilize, uh, there's nothing in this bill. That suggests anything to do with race. Uh, I mean, at some point, people are just going to start laughing at these idiots in the face. But who knows when that time will come. Anyway, so Eric, what uh, did uh, you had? Did you have something? I uh, I think you had. Um, I know you you presented like the Texas election reform story yeah. just now, but I found a story over the weekend from the New York Times. That um, I could pull it up on on my Twitter DM. Um, I mean, you know, it talks about you know, like interstate freeways. Um, you know, you know, can removing highways fix American cities? Oh. But I, I'm, I thought this was like a very interesting article. Um, I, I know it's kind of lengthy, so you know, you have a, you have a nice um, version I'll, I'll, of that, or. Um, I don't have a short, shortened version, but I'll probably read like a few paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you could just t- tell me tell me when to stop. Um, all right, come on now. Hang on a moment. Um, yeah, all right, you know, and the and then the New York Times reported this story out of uh, late last week out of Rochester, New York. Um, built in the 1950s to speed suburban commuters to and from downtown Rochester's. Interloop destroyed hundreds of homes and businesses, replacing them with a broad concrete trench that separated downtown from the rest of the city. Now the city is looking to repair the damage. It started by filling in a nearly mile-long section of the sunken road, slowly stitching a neighborhood back together. Today, visitors of the Interloop eastern segment would hardly no, a highway once ran beneath their feet. As mid, mid-century highways reach the end of their lifespan, cities across the country are having to choose whether to rebuild or reconsider them. And a growing number like Rochester are choosing to take them down. In order to accommodate cars and commuters, many cities basically destroyed themselves, said Norman Garrick, a professor at the University of Connecticut who studied transportation projects have reshaped American cities. Um, Rochester has shown what can be done in terms of reconnecting the city and restoring a sense of place, he said. That's really the underlying goal of highway removal. The project's success and stumbling blocks provide lessons for other cities looking to retire some of their own aging highways. Nearly 30 cities nationwide are currently discussing some form of removal, and some like Syracuse and Detroit have committed to replacing stretches of interstate with more connected, walkable neighborhoods. Others like New Orleans and and Dallas are facing pressure from local residents and activists to address the pollution, noise, and safety hazards brought by the mega roads. The growing movement has been energized by support from the Biden administration, which has made addressing radical justice and climate change major themes in the debate over highway removal 
central to its agenda. In a wide-reaching infrastructure plan released at the end of March, President Biden proposed spending $20 billion to help reconnect neighborhoods divided by highways. Congressional Democrats have translated the proposal into legislation that would provide funding over the next five years. And the Department of Transportation opened up separate grants that could help some cities get restarted. Pete Buttigieg, who heads the department, has expressed support for removing barriers that divided Black and minority communities, saying that there is racism physically built into some of our highways. Mid-century highway projects often targeted Black neighborhoods, destroying cultural and economic centers and bringing decades of environmental harm. Congress is still haggling over Mr. Biden's infrastructure plan, but experts say the, the proposed funding for highway removal presents a shift in a way that government approaches transportation projects. As recently as a decade ago, said Peter D. Norton, a transportation historian at the University of Virginia, every transportation problem was a problem to be solved with new roads. Now the impacts of those roads are beginning to enter the question. And I'll probably just stop it right there. Um, because, you know, like if you look look at places like Detroit, you know, Detroit, you know, I think in, in recent decades, you know, has basically been decimated because, you know, and that is like the home of America's automotive industry. And then, and then like, if you look at like New York City, Los Angeles and Chicago, those are your three mo- most po- populous U.S. cities in the United States. And then you also have places like Atlanta and then, and then Dallas, like that was mentioned and Boston and Denver and Seattle that, you know, and then like Seattle, for example, recently replaced their Alaskan Way Viaduct Bridge with what I call the Alaskan Way, you know, tunnel, you know, it, you know, because that bridge was similar to the, like, if you remember the 1989 earthquake in Sacramento and that double-decker bridge that just yep. collapsed, and, you know, that, that that bridge in Seattle, you know, was deemed unsafe and could not survive what could be the be the big one that, you know, geologists, you know, have been, been for- forecasting in Washington State and Oregon and California for for decades. Oh, yeah. it's every every year the big one's coming. It's on its way. It'll be here soon. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the the only thing at least here locally that I get pissed off about is they're taking away city streets. They're mm-hmm. they're they, they want to make it bike friendly all across the city to the point to where now in like if it's a two-lane road, well, the right lane is going to have a little fucking little guy on a bicycle and he has the right of way in that entire lane. So if you're behind him, you have to uh, like, I don't know. I, I suggest just honking your horn at him. So he pedals faster, but I mean, come on. Roads are for people to fucking drive on, not for you to get out there and ride your damn bicycle. I mean, there's bike lanes, not, you don't need a bike lane, uh, like an entire like automobile lane to ride your damn bike. Um, um, you know, when I'm out driving, like if I'm driving down like a, like a busy highway, like, like here in Georgia, like whether it's Georgia 400 or, or 316 or us highway 78. Um, and even on like interstate 20, when, you know, when I, when I was living in the Conyers and Covington area, um, um, I would be driving down the access road. I would see four wheelers driving down I twenty, and I'm like, "That's a big no-no right there." 
um, because you're not supposed to be driving ATV vehicles on an interstate highway. And apparently in chat, he, he brings up a perfect thing. Uh, you know, the governors and the politicians need to know that bikers are not paying gas taxes. So if you want more money to spend and waste on illegal immigrants and everything else that you waste your ass, our damn tax dollars on, um, get rid of the bike lanes. Um, and then like here in Georgia, like the, the interchange of, you know, Interstate 285 and Georgia 400 is getting a major facelift, um, you know, and the Cobb Cloverleaf where I-75 and 285 meet recently got, um, you know, you know, re redone when they opened up the new Brave Stadium. But, and I can tell you, there are like a few other like in interchanges along like like the interstate highways in the Atlanta area that need major upgrades. Um, like I twenty, like and two eighty five on the east east side of Atlanta and on the west side of Atlanta. And then at some point, six seventy five and seventy five and eighty five near the airport will probably have to get upgraded, especially if the, uh, if the Atlanta airport you know sees any more growth. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just tired of, you know. And then I know I-16 and I-75 in downtown Bacon is also, you know, two years ago when I was down that way is, is getting a, a major upgrade too. And, and of course, and you got the Okmulgee River, um, which I, I remember the 1994 floods that, that hit central and south Georgia. And, and they're, they're having to update that bridge crossing over the Okmulgee River and having like a flood wall barrier to where they would not have a repeat of the 1994 floods again. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, you know, they'll utilize anything and everything to continue doing what they want. And, uh, and, and thanks for the lemon ice cream and diamond over on D live. They're perfectly like all busy. Light. <laughs> no, right now, Jeremy, you were, it's, just, it's fat. Thumbs again. <laughs> Jeremy was bringing up, uh, talking about disclosure day. Is that, uh, when, uh, you know, who's going to be disclosing what to us? I don't oh, know. Anyways. Uh, I well, we got a j jingle coming up. Um, I guess if Jeremy wants to come on the call, of course, to discuss it after the break. Yeah, Jeremy, uh, we'll be uh, right with you so you can let us know. Uh, stay tuned as uh, Mr. Jeremy Cummings is going to let us know about what the hell Disclosure Day is. Right after our short little timeout, we'll be right back to the Slightly Serious Show on Memorial Day. Anyways, Jeremy, so uh, disclosure day is this a uh, conspiracy? Is this uh, something that's true? What? Tell us what about uh, what uh, Disclosure Day is all about. Well, it's a bunch of bullcrap, but they they're 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 saying that tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow. The uh, Pentagon's supposed to turn over all the documents that they have and all the investigations they've done pertaining to UFOs and all the information that they have. Oh, so maybe tomorrow could be the start of when we're getting invaded by aliens. It could yeah. be. It, it could be. They're, they've been preparing people for it for the past three three or four years. They've been telling people that we're uh, that this, you know, you know what I think is funny about UFOs, though? What's that? For some reason, we can see a galaxy 100 billion light years away. And we can tell you what it looks like. 
But by George, let something be flying in the sky and we can't get a good camera on it at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> you conspiracy theorists, uh, Alabamian, you, I'll tell you what. Well, it's, it's but, you know, like Jeremy oh, says, though, it, it kind of ranks right there with, you know, we have, uh, you know, dangerous things like cancer, HIV and all that, that we can't solve, the, you know, even if we throw billions of dollars at it. But, you know, fuck co- yeah. COVID-19. Oh, here you go. Just take this. Dude, I'm telling you, you know, you you know what the I'm telling you, if you go on the black vault and you read the release uh, CIA documents, that's that's all they're going to do. These were leaked, but they're official documents. They just don't want to talk about it. And Sarmeni brought it up not too long ago. He is uh, he has apparently read them, too. If you read the documents, they say that they're unidentified flying objects and they say that they're, they are definitely a craft. But if you go on and you read down in the R, if you go down and you read the next two paragraphs, it tells you that it was either Russian technology or our own or our own technology that that what that hadn't been dis- disclosed to the other branches of the military yet. Why does it always lead back to? Why does it always lead back to Russia? I'm I'm starting to find this out more and more. <laughs> I don't believe in aliens, and you you know why I don't believe in aliens. Because you don't believe we went to the moon. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe we went to the moon. And you know why I don't believe we went to the moon? Why is it? Because NASA, NASA's full of shit. That's why I don't you know, believe. We, I don't believe there's a state named Alabama either, but it's there. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, it's not there just because I don't believe. No, no. Listen, go find me a picture of a fucking galaxy that they claim is real. Go, go, go find me a picture. It's, it's not real. They use radar fucking telescopes. And then they got a computer-generated artist to sit there and generate the image. They don't have an actual picture of another galaxy. It's all bullshit. We're wasting our money. You're a smart man. They send it back electronically. The computers assign colors to the hues, to the data that comes back. That's how they come up with those pictures. But it's bullshit, does take some pictures. It's not bullshit. It's bullshit. It's a computer hey, making an image. You haven't been licking any of those frogs out back, Abby, because I think you might have got a whole lot of poison. Man. No, the frogs are gone. It's all bullshit. Listen, we spend, we spend billions of dollars. Billions. Of illegals. Oh, that's a different uh, story. Yeah. Yeah. But we spend billions of dollars to find out, oh, is there something out there in the universe? Listen, if they if if there was something out there in the universe and they and they had a big fucking ship, the last thing I want to do is piss off somebody because my God, we're good at pissing off people. Well, you know, you, you know what? If there were though, the reason why they're staying the hell away from us is because they know we're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to get involved yeah. in this train wreck. But people worship aliens like they're gods too. Like it's another it's a it's another form of uh, of to me. I call it you know. I call it idolatry because that's what I think it is. It's another. So you're talking about no other galaxies. So you think we're the only galaxy and there's nothing else out there? No, I'm not saying that there's not other galaxies. I'm just saying that the images are bullshit. We don't know what that looks like. Welcome to the show. I want to hear what you had to say. Uh, Where are you at on this? Uh, Well, um, (laughs) I do believe that there are other galaxies and I do believe in aliens, but. Me too. But I also believe that uh, all these so-called um, UFO sightings over the past oh shit, I don't know what eighty years. Hundreds of years, you're saying. It's us. It's us. It's just advanced. It's advanced 
aircraft technology. And if you go on to CIA.gov, yep. you can actually get declassified CIA documents that state that all these supposed UFO aircraft is just us. It's our aircraft. Now, there are aliens out there. I wouldn't be surprised. But these so-called UFOs, it's us. That's all it is. It's us. Now, why why are they release so-called releasing these this UFO data? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to distract us from something. Maybe something else much bigger is going to happen, and they're trying to get people to pay attention to UFOs. I don't know, but all these so-called UFOs, it, it, it's us. It's advanced aircraft. That's all it is. My question is this, though. Okay, it could be true. It might not be true. At the end of the day, what does it really matter? Is it because we're spending so many billions of dollars on uh, going to space and all of this? Is that, is that what we're, we're worried about? Well, see, that's, that's, that's the whole point is – what the hell does it matter? Well, it matters in that. Like, if, if, if these guys. And the aspect is if you're spending hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to go to space, all for bogus reasons, then I think there's definitely uh, an, an issue with that. Well, the. The U- the UFO sightings, you know, they're us, and it's advanced aircraft and all that stuff. And NASA and the space program, um, I honestly think it's legitimate. It's just space exploration and everything like that. Do we have any? Do you, does uh, anybody know if we have any statements from uh, God? What's his name that's hiding out in another country? Edward Snowden said a couple years ago when they asked him about NASA on the Joe Rogan podcast, he laughed and he said, you want to talk about a money waste? Hmm. He's been snowed in Russia. He hadn't been able to get out. And yeah, I know. But I, I tend to believe a lot of things that come out of that guy's mouth. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I do. And I don't know. I see the Julian Assange, too. I looked into the documents that Snowden released and I was disappointed. Why were you disappointed? Like, th- this, this is the big deal. I mean, I already knew all this. Oh, okay. Jeez. Sarmenti knows a lot, I guess. <laughs> all right. I think it's all just a bunch of bull. I do. I, I think that there's, I think they're wasting money and they've got this great reset going on and it was COVID and that's how they were going to unite the world against a common threat. And what they're going to do is they're going to fake an alien invasion and they're going to unite everybody behind it. And it's going to be bullshit. I don't think that I, I don't think they can unite uh, the country over an alien invasion. I really. Oh, my God. Yes, they can. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah because th- look, 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 look back at 9-11. OK, we know we knew 9-11 was going to happen. I, I'm so sick of people acting like we didn't know. We knew. We knew it was going to happen. We didn't do anything about it because they wanted it to happen. They got the they got a memo three days before it was on there. Like this is government records. This is this is disclosure. Like it's out there. It's disclosed. It's out there. Three days before nine eleven happened, we knew it was going to happen. We didn't do anything about it. 
Well, we'll see. I, I don't well, know if there's going to be an alien invasion. Um, I, I I'm telling you, it's all a bunch of it's all a bunch I of bullshit. I think it's far fetched, but yeah, I, I'm with you, Pert. I, I'm not believing that it's going to happen. But who knows? I've been wrong on yeah. on things in the past, so you know. I think it, I honestly think it's all a distraction. I think they're doing something in the background and they're trying to keep everybody's attention on something else. I'm not too worried about it personally because I see an alien invasion every single day being here in San Diego, California with their borders. <laughs> um, and I got that sound. And I got that sound bite like from the movie Contact. Why build a lock when you can have two twice the price? Um, that you know, Dr. Haddon seen like the the number one rule about government building. Why pay, pay for one when you can pay for two for twice the price? You know what? Slightly, if they wanted me to focus on something else, you know what? Do the trick. Big ass check in my bank account, like they're giving some of the. Oh yeah, that would be nice. That'd make me focus on. I something would focus else. on oh, many yeah. things. Yeah, that would be yeah. nice. I don't think it's going to happen though. I did uh, did some research weekend. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Menti. Okay, sorry. Um, I just wanted to mention real quick. Um, I discovered a old newspaper article for people that uh, still think that the virus, the COVID virus, is either naturally or engineered, but basically real. Um, this is. From Friday, September 27th, 1996. Wuhan flu virus can deadly... Wuhan flu virus can be deadly to elderly. Uh, Let's see, let me zoom in real quick. Um, I'll let you go on that, because I did have something. I, I was going in that direction, and I I don't have it in front of me, and I'll probably focus on it a little bit more tomorrow. But there is a scientist that is out there suggesting that it is very, it was very highly unlikely that this virus was from an, from an animal, and that he can show and basically prove how likely it is that it was manufactured by human. And, and I am kind of going to kind of uh, summarize it by trying to, it's going to be hard to figure out there, but bear with me, but think of these cells as being, you know, if you put a positive and positive magnet together, they're going to like not, you know, they're not going to come together, right? There's going to be force against each other. And so what he is saying is that the cells that are seen in this virus, there's one and two layers of it. And he basically says that it could be possible for those two layers to be together. But a third and the fourth, it's, it's like naturally impossible for them to stick because there would be a positive, two positive charges and they would just bounce off of each other. So therefore he's saying in his expert opinion, that this is a man-made virus. And uh, I will go into that a little bit more in detail, probably tomorrow. But, uh, you know, there's, uh, I think, uh, you know, the news media over the past week or so, you know, after, what, over a year of them trying to deny the, any possibility of this virus coming out of China, 
uh, they are kind of like grabbing onto it now. I don't know if for those of you that still watch mainstream media, but they're starting to open up about that. Well, they've come out and said the reason they squashed the stories was because Trump and the Republicans were supporting it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now that he's gone, it's okay, right? <laughs> it seems well, to be, doesn't I, I honestly it? think that um, this whole concentrating on the virus coming from a lab in China is just another distraction, just like the UFO thing. Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a major story, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, like I said, I haven't been watching mainstream media. I don't know if that's like front page news all across the country or not. Uh, if it becomes that, I think it's hilarious, and I think it would definitely be 100% a distraction from anything else that's going on that is, you know, quote-unquote newsworthy. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I think this whole Patrice Colors thing should be fucking nationwide front page news. I mean, how how disgraceful it is that this lady makes bank off this. And then like, up, oh, wash my hands, I'm done. I've made my money, I'm out. I got a book deal and I got a news media deal. I mean, really, really, woman? And you you're fucking saying that you you care about black lives? Like I said, the only black life that she gives a shit about is her own. And, uh, she's a yep. disgrace. Sounds like every politician in and DC. she is a disgrace to that community. But uh, I'll digress on that. Um, oh, yes. Uh, I got your emails, Kurt. I will. Um, yeah, that's a good suggestion. Anywho, um, what do we got? We got about uh, 12 minutes left in tonight's show. BP says they are going to take our stimulus money and give it to, <laughs> and give it to ET. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. You know, you know, BP, the way their government is, ET will be included in the stimulus payment because, you know, aliens are allowed to receive stimulus here in California. So, <laughs> Eric, uh, what would you say? A story? Lady Me occasionally calls in. Um, I was commenting. Um, I was replying to a comment from like a story, like the storyteller down in the chat who also goes by the name Damien Dollar that that um, he noticed like we didn't have somebody on the panel tonight who was on the opposite end of the political spectrum from me and you and Kurt oh. and, and Sermenti and Jeremy and yeah. Mike. Um, oh, I thought he was just asking, where's the tinfoil hat man to kind of lend credibility oh. to this? That's the way I just <laughs> well, I think the names, besides letting me coming on occasionally, we have Brandon from Canada come on, as well as a certain Jack and Michaela and Captain Jimmy. And 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 I think Kane is kind of like stuck in the middle. He's just crazy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, and uh, let me see if this might be a little bit louder, like the contact quote. First rule in government spending. Why build off when you can have two twice the price? I have two at twice the price. <laughs> um, you got to remember that quote about government spending. If you wonder why, you know, taxpayer money gets uh, gets gets thrown down the shitter every day. Let's see, do we, do we want a socialist perspective? Hell, why not make it that much more fun? Before we get a socialist uh, perspective on things, before I forget tonight's Mexican word of the day, today's word is to pay. My Wi-Fi went out last night. I think my neighbor forgot to pay his bill. (laughs) (laughs) 
we have to have some fun once in a while. Anyway, where's Wicked Bombs? He's supposed to give us a socialist perspective. Are we supposed to like pay him first? <laughs> Anywho, do you have a nice Memorial Day weekend, uh, Pert? Do you, uh, you and Honeybee relax at the house? Yeah, we actually we found a series on Netflix called Blown Away, which is kind of like Forged in Fire, only they're glass blowers. It's pretty darn interesting. Oh, really? Is it like a contest? And we just yeah, it is. We just marathon it through. They start off with ten contestants and. Each episode, one gets eliminated, but they have challenges, and they have to build their interpretation. Sometimes it's their interpretation of the challenge they're issued. Other times, it's a directive that this is what you need to make. Um, it's pretty, if, if you got Netflix, which I don't think anybody doesn't anymore, but uh, check it out. It's called Blown Away. So, so basically, you and Honeybee uh, Netflixed and chilled. <laughs> yeah, we Netflix and chilled. <laughs> yeah, gla- glass blowers. Glass blowers. Oh, glass blowers. Yes. Make sure I got yes. it right. <laughs> Honeybee wanted me to make sure I pointed <laughs> that out because I know we have some people who, people who kind of pervert the truth in this show every yeah, now Yeah, sometimes they do. But, you know, we try to uh, steer them over. <laughs> Anyways, I want to welcome uh, Wicked. Wicked said in chat that he would uh, like to give a socialist view on things. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? What a socialist perspective. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love it. Share a perspective on whatever particular topic you guys are involved with. Well, we've been kind of on many different ones. The latest one is we had uh, our good friend Jeremy Cummings of Cummings's Culture. Basically, you know, there's a debate back and forth whether there's aliens and if we're going to have a fake alien attack and stuff like that to uh, kind of unite society. I don't. I don't know if we're going to have a fake alien attack or or a real one. Or a real. Why would we have a real one? I don't. I, I don't. I don't know why we would have a real one. I guess. I guess you'd have to show it to be plausible first. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I have, I do have a question for you on you know uh, you know earlier in the show we spoke about how we feel that our government has a responsibility to take care of interpreters over in Afghanistan before the Taliban have their way with them. Uh, it seems as though the White House doesn't want to uh, take any action, relocate them. Uh, don't want you know. Basically, uh, from a White House perspective, we've used these people, and now we'll just leave them out to dry, hang them out to dry. And you'd like, and you'd like to know my my opinion. Yeah, I mean, don't don't we uh, as uh, as a country, don't we owe them? Uh, you know, they help, assisted us. Now it's time to return the favor so they don't die. I, uh, if they've helped us out for the war effort, I mean, regardless of the war efforts. You know, a good reason or not? Um, yeah, we're very entitled to help them out. Or, uh, we're uh, we're obligated to help them out. I right. Say. Relocate right. Them here, wherever they feel they're safe, or wherever else in the world. And no, I I I agree. I mean, hell yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's so, okay. Well, here's we're going to agree. Uh-huh. And uh, this is going to have to do with immigration. Um, the perspective that I have, as far as. Why are we worrying so much about immigrants coming into our country that are not here legally? I mean, we're spending upwards of $60 million every single week. Now, you take that in in six weeks, you could give every single American citizen a $1 million check. I mean, we have homeless veterans in our society. We have just homeless in general that we should be taking care of. 
We have children that, God forbid, are not being taught the right way uh, in many cases. And we have tons of cases of mental illness around this country that need to be addressed. But yet, we're utilizing our hard-earned tax-paying dollars uh, outside of this country. It seems like on anything we spend money on. I don't think all we are. I don't think all we spend money on is immigration. I don't think that. Why? I, don't think I didn't say that we. That's all we spend it on. I'm saying the amount of money that we spent, in my opinion, could be better utilized and spent elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I agree. I think the way this country spends money is atrocious. I mean, if you look at eighty percent of our budget, it goes towards defense. So I mean, if you want to say we spent a lot on immigration, I like again, I again. Our tax money goes eighty percent to you know the military and defense spending. I don't know. And here's the thing: we spend we spend money on multiple things at once. I don't I don't see why. Hey, you know why are we doing this when we can do when we can be doing this? I just think that's a bad argument. <clears throat> so okay, that's that's the way I look at it. I mean, yeah, I think our immigration system in this country is. Um, off kiltered. I think we focus on it the wrong ways. I think the way we go about it right now is wrong, but I believe in a more open border, but a more structured border. Like, I'm not against border control. I'm, I just don't, we have more people that, 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 that leave this country than that come in it, in a, in a yearly, and the money that, that even illegal, you know, immigrate, uh, immigrants bring into this country by uh, the taxes they spend and they buy uh, products at grocery stores and whatnot. It's still, you know, the input into society. So it's not all, oh, the government's just spending all this money on, on immigrants. You know, they're not spending it on vets. Well, that's not true. Yeah, I mean, that's why we have a VA. Yeah, you're just so you know, you're coming uh, in and out a little bit. I don't know if uh, you Fading away from the microphone, or no worries. So I, I guess the last question I have for you, because we do have to get going. If you had to pick and choose one thing that disturbs you of what's going on in society, what would it be? Oh wow. Um, it's kind of it's going to be a two part two part little quick okay. answer. The war in in our prisons. The war on drugs and those, I think those. Oh shoot, there's so much to go through. But those are two big ones, along with healthcare and education. I like that. Healthcare and education are all right, those are important ones as well. All right. Well, uh, have you? Uh, have, is this the first time you've listened to our show? Yeah, it's my first time really calling in any show. I was a little nervous. I honestly, I thought it mentioned a socialist. You guys are telling me to go oh, away. No. But, uh, here's the deal. We, we, we appreciate you joining us. Here's the deal. I appreciate anybody. You could be, you could be left. You could be socialist. You could be uh, on the right. I don't care where you come from. Uh, to me, the most important thing is to have a take, to have an opinion, uh, to have your voice heard. I might not agree with you, but I'll let you know in a respectful way that I don't agree with you. And I expect the same in return. But uh, I'm all about there being effective dialogue and uh, basically you know, I want to provide a platform for people's voices to be heard, uh, whether or not I agree with it. So I appreciate, and I, I appreciate you coming on tonight and I encourage you to come back. And if you have other friends and stuff like that, 
bring them on over. Uh, it's uh, we're always talking uh, political stuff, and uh, it's it's always a good time. We're on Monday through Friday, six thirty p.m., nine thirty Eastern time. So I uh, appreciate you joining us, and uh, hopefully you'll uh, be back tomorrow. Yeah. And tomorrow's our trivia show with in the final half hour. I am see the trivia again. And go ahead, Harley. Before you go, Wicked, what part of uh, this world are you calling in from? I did not hear you there. We need we need Wicked to work on his audio. <laughs> yeah, w- Wicked, I, you I need to speak something. up. Oh, Oregon, Oregon. Oh, Oregon. Okay. Um, yeah, he's out on the west coast. Um, he's uh, your your neighbor to the north, slightly. Oh, yeah. Thanks for finding us, Wicked. Yeah, we appreciate. It. Um, are you close to Portland or? I don't hear it. Yeah, I see the greens flashing like he's talking, but vocals. Yeah. Anywho. Um, We do appreciate you calling. We we hope you'll come back tomorrow. Yeah, definitely come back tomorrow, and uh, you're more than welcome to call at any time, and we appreciate that. Um, I think we're going to wrap things up. Uh, Producer Eric, you have a couple shows you want to mention before we head out? Well, um, def- I would definitely encourage friends, of course, to um, be on the lookout for other great podcast friends. I know Brian and Rebecca's Planted ADHD podcast is on right now, um, and I would imagine you know, we could have Laura or Pink Squirrel or, or maybe Lady Me maybe surprising us with an impromptu show later or Crazy Town um, but, or Linga Longer or Nonsense, as always, yeah. um, or... You know, or in the morning, we might have Freedom Warrior doing his show and maybe even Ralph surprising us. And then chit chat with the old man tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, followed at 1130 a.m. Eastern Time by the John DeVito Show. And that'll be followed by Dark Bears podcast at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, and also throughout the day, you got Milk Dog 2020 and a few other great friends. And um, prime, prime time, you might have names like Chuck and Billy's Not Your Cup of Tea or other good comedy podcasts as well we'll have our tuesday edition of the slightly serious show and we also um have um our trivia game tomorrow in the final half hour and we certainly encourage as much competition as possible um you know and other good friends to be on lookout for include dennis lee's tall tales of the rabbit hole and and trust talk even though they're on opposite us tuesday through thursday but the only day you and me slightly can catch them in their entireties on Sundays. That's right. So make sure you, uh, you know, you support. And then South Oz man down in the chat. Um, he, he's got a good podcast show. If, if anybody's interested in checking him out. All right. Well, definitely check out all the great shows. Um, Mr. Eric has mentioned. We'll be back again tomorrow night, six thirty, nine thirty Eastern time. I appreciate you joining us on. This. Yeah, and, and if Jeremy decides to surprise us with an impromptu episode of Cummins' Culture to prove any naysayers wrong. We look out for him, but otherwise we'll still be in contact with him regardless. Hopefully you guys have a fantastic rest of your Memorial Day evening and um, take care of each other, your neighbors, and uh, reach out to those that you love and let them know. Till I see you again tomorrow night. Buenas noches, everybody. Love you. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to tonight's show. Not all content is endorsed by Slightly. However, if you'd like to contact me for any reason, email us over at slightlyseriousshow at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. Don't forget to share the show and help us grow our audience. And remember, 
We mean that in the most serious way. Until the next time, good night, everybody. And remember, I love you. And I love your show.